this is Kate Scalsa, and I'm the author of Luminary, A Magical Guide to Self-Care. I made Luminary because I wanted to talk to some of the most interesting, magical people I know about some tools that help us navigate the complexities of this ongoing process of life. And that's what you're going to hear in these episodes, me talking with magical people about these tools and what they can bring to our lives. These interviews were originally recorded as a series on Instagram Live, so you'll get our full authenticity and even some charming glitches. I hope these conversations help you. And if you want more, I hope you'll find your way to a copy of Luminary. You can start that journey by finding my book on my website, kateskelsa.com. That's K-A-T-E-S-C-E-L-S-A.com. Um, okay, well, welcome everyone. Um, my name is Kate Skelsa. This is my new book, Luminary, which comes out on November 8th. And it is a book of uh, mystical and practical tools for self-care, for dealing with stress and depression, um, specifically for teenagers, but uh, not so secretly for all of us. And uh, as part of this book, I decided I wanted it to be about having conversations with um, people who use these tools in their real life with other adults so that the book would not be a singular voice with people from different backgrounds, with um, sort of presenting options from lots of different people. And um, Jeffrey Marsh was kind enough to be one of the people that I interviewed and spoke to for the book. We spoke about mindfulness, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today. If you don't know Jeffrey, please immediately follow Jeffrey on Instagram. You will be very happy that you did that. Please purchase Jeffrey's book, How to Be You. Ooh! My, it's up in my top corner. It's right there, front-facing on my bookshelf. Very important for everyone's bookshelf. Please purchase this. Um, and, yeah, I'm just so excited to get a chance to talk with you again. It's always, uh, it just makes me really happy. Um, Can I compliment so you? You was may. That, yes. Was that the end of your intro? That's the end of the intro. The <laughs> intro is complete. I'm going to commandeer this live. Please do. Um, Thank you for putting this book out into the world. I was thinking of you because I realized nobody ever, for example, nobody ever told me what feelings are, like emotions. Mm -hmm. This is just an example I'm taking out of, you know, nowhere, right? And you have put together in a book all of this wisdom that if I had had as a young person, And what I love about it is that it's enthusiasm agnostic. (laughs) You know, you could try this and you could do this. And what do you think about this? And here's this over here with the whole menu of things that most of us take a lifetime to get a handle on or find for various reasons. And if somebody had taken, you know... You can, you can go through this door marked tarot. You can go through this door marked meditation. You can go through this door, right? But if somebody had... Ex- the reason I thought of feelings is like it's such a simple one. Yeah. But if somebody had sat me down and said, well, you could explore feelings in this way, this way, this way, this way, and find out more about them 
and they're not shameful. And right. And so you just give this toolkit for young people slash adults right. to explore all this stuff. So that's my intro. Thank you for that. <laughs> I really appreciate it. I mean, that was my goal in writing it. And that was my motivation in writing it, which I, I assume was also, you know, your book, I assume, is the book you would have given to yourself. That's, I mean, if I had had this book when I was a teenager, just to return the compliment, it would have helped me. Yes. Like recognizes like. Exactly. Yes. So yeah, exactly. A love letter do, to our younger selves. Yeah. And that I... I, I mean, I write in the intro to Luminary that I think I was sort of a cynical teen and uh, I wasn't, you know, I, I have a pretty typical story when it comes to like witchcraft and loving tarot and loving astrology, which is when you're a little kid, you're like, I'm a witch and you're making potions and you believe in magic and then you're, um, you know, a teenager, preteen and teenager, and that stuff is corny and it's not cool and it doesn't make sense, so you can't believe in it. And you couldn't possibly just believe in it for fun also. Like, that's not an option. And then came <laughs> back to it. Right, like, fun isn't a priority. And then came back to it in my 20s during a mental health crisis, sort of looking for anything I could use to make it better. And it was these tools. So, so yeah, to think if only I had allowed myself these tools then. And I love tangible tools. I love one of the reasons I start with tarot is I love like here later, we're going to pull, we'll pull some Oracle cards later, but I love a deck, I love a little tool I can actually hold in my hands because it's so, it feels very practical, even yeah. though you're connecting to the mystical, the psychological, the spiritual. Also, it's cute. Like, look how cute. Why, like, that can help me with my mental health? Wonderful. <laughs> I completely agree. And when once people, oh gosh, what point do we get to where our mental health help has to follow certain rules and look a certain way. Right. And fit into XYZ box or we're doing it wrong or we're a failure. At right. Doing. Right. When most of us, what we've survived over the last, Oh, I don't know, six or seven years, we should be pulling every single cord rip cord, you know, to open whatever parachute is available we should be every single tool, every single thing you want to try. If there's yeah. even a tiny chance that it will help, you try it. That's right. the attitude we should have. Well, and, and that's, that's what, what you wrote I, about. Yeah, that, and that's specifically why I think, I mean, I know young adult readers to some extent because I write fiction for young adults. And also I tend to write um, fiction that deals with mental health issues. So I'll get, I mean, I'm sure, and I can only imagine the letters and the, and the messages that you get from, um, you know, young people talking to you about mental health and about their struggles. And so it felt like both an obligation and a gift to be able to say, okay, let me throw literally anything that has ever helped me at you children, because I cannot even imagine being a young person in, yeah, in, in this period in history at all. 
So. Oh, 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 oh. I can't imagine being a 45-year-old person. Like, yeah, I can't imagine being a 42-year-old person. In this, in this period. <laughs> yeah, can I tell you a tiny story about that? Please do. Um, yes. So I have someone uh, who runs my social media for me. And that person is a young LGBTQ. And it's my assistant. And this we had to have a talk today because the internet is so vile sometimes Yeah, that running my social media was affecting this other person's mental health. God. I did it myself for years. Right. And then I was like, I can't handle this. And then I have someone else to do it and it's affecting their mental health to, to be on some platforms and have to interact with (laughs) what's going on in our world. So that was a real wake-up call to me to change, you know, what that person's responsible for and take care of them. But also, you know, there's so much hate and people need books like yours to navigate everything that's happening. Hate is having a heyday. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Bullying is, is yeah, cool right. to some people now. Yeah. Well, and to me, I feel like, I mean, there's so much I, 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 we could literally talk for hours and I've like written like messy notes of everything I want to talk about, but I, I'm, I will keep you a reasonable amount of time today. But, but for me, I felt like pandemic seclusion moment and I mean, I've got, I know you're not a big astrology fan, but I've got that Scorpio moon and that Scorpio moon is like, especially in moments of darkness, kind of looking around at everyone's psychology and a little bit like clocking it. So I feel like as soon as we got into the thick of pandemic, I was like, I can, I mean, I don't want this to sound arrogant, but I was like, I can see what's going on with everybody. I see what's happening. I see how the ways in which everyone is scared and the ways in which it is sabotaging them. And I, I must do something because it, you know, the, the gift of the pandemic is it was a communal experience, right? So, so I could say the gift of the pandemic, uh uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The silver lining of a terrible time, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the silver lining of the complete shit show was that thing of, all right, I'm going, we're all going through it. I mean, obviously everyone's circumstances are different. Everyone's level of privilege is different for how they experienced it. But to go through something that close to communal it gave me the confidence to say, I know, hey, I know how to help some of you. <laughs> I know what's, I, I know how this sadness feels. Like, I, I'm going to presume to understand how a lot of people are feeling right now. Yes. What I enjoy about your book is anything that takes it away from being your own fault. Yeah. Right? That's what the tools are. It's like whatever we want to use to get it out of our heads and in front of us so that we can work with it. Right. Right. And I, you made me think of, so we established the internet is awful some, sometimes in some ways. Yes. And I'm a non-binary trans creator. 
And I realized transphobia is not the irrational fear of trans people. Transphobia is the irrational fear of their own freedom that I represent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not like they necessarily fear me, right? It's that I'm breaking up in these categories that they could take as an invitation, but instead right. it's they're afraid of the breaking open of categories. Right. You're breaking open categories of mental health. And what belongs in what category, right? Right. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's a non-binary book to me. It's a non-binary book. Because there I... are like 20, 30, 40, 50 ways we can go about learning more about ourselves and, and how we react and how we see the world. And... and hopefully they're empowering someone to then follow I mean, it goes, it's hard to talk about this stuff without being a cliche. Follow their own heart rather than listening to the voices outside, listening to the ideas around who they're supposed to be, how they're supposed to behave, how they're supposed to look. Um, that I think, you know, we talked about in our conversation for the book that this, those systems and those outside expectations are something that you question very early on in your life because of who you are. And I think to some extent I did too, whether that's just yeah. sort of in my nature, I think some of us that, that happens in a way that feels like we don't really have a choice because we see the system, the system is already making no sense to us. So we're already outside of it. So then, yes. can, and what you do is then from outside of that system say, hey, it's, it's nice actually out here. <laughs> Please join me out here. The, you, it's it's um, because of the way people are treated. It's, um, yeah, outside the system, you're free. Yeah. And f you know as well as I do, freedom comes with a cost, right? But if we can learn to live in that free space, it ends up being the best of, of every possible scenario. Right. Being in a box just to be safe is not worth it. Well, and I feel very comfortable outside of systems. And yeah. again, I don't know if that's my queerness. I don't know if that's my nature. I don't know if it's that I was, you know, raised by an Aquarius semi-anarchist who doesn't trust things. But but I wish that for everyone. I think that this book, for me, is trying to give everyone permission to say there's such a richness of just, just jewels, like, waiting for you in the place where you listen to yourself rather than Accept what anyone's telling you about how you should be. Yes, listen to your heart, as you said. Yes. So poetically. Yeah. You talked about magic yeah. earlier. And to take, like, I'll speak for myself. Please. To take a crappy childhood, one of the crappiest, and, and turn that into what you, this level of self-love that you see, right? 
to spin that in like spinning straw into gold, right? To spin that childhood into Tucker Carlson can play my TikTok and I will get up the next day and post another one. Yes. Right? Yes. Not nothing. Yes. That is the kind of alchemy, that is the kind of magic that you're talking about in the book. Is right. the ability to follow your own heart no matter what. To strengthen that ability so that no matter what happens, you can come back to this instead of one of the boxes or one of the categories or whatever. Well, and something which you write about a lot in your book, and I know you talk about a lot, is this idea of the things that we are taught are shameful or bad are actually our superpowers. And yes. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what role mindfulness plays in sort of identifying your superpower, if that makes sense. Of course. Well, I can see one way right away that you need to be mindful in order to catch the fact that what you were told about you as shameful was a lie. Right. That you were told something is shameful about you and that that is a lie. You have to be mindful enough to be able to have a voice arise in your head that says, you're way too queer, which is what my voice would say, right? Don't be so queer, Jeffrey. <laughs> be quiet, <laughs> is what a voice in my head would, would tell me 20 years yeah. ago, right? To be able to be mindful enough to see that voice, hear that voice, and know that that voice is powerless over you. Right, that is mindfulness. That's the ability to slow down and see. Well, and one of the things that's really interesting to me is because all of the tools also, and the reason I included mindfulness in this book, is the tools are all about bringing us back to the present moment. And that's what all mindfulness is, is paying attention to the present moment. And I feel like the times in my life where I wasn't, I, I was missing out on the potential of a situation. It's because I had my eye on how it should be or how it would be in a year or if only it was different. And if you're not looking directly at the truth of the present moment, you're you're not getting that potential, which is the same as saying, you know, if you're if you're letting these voices distract you from the truth of the present moment, you're not seeing, oh, there's something beautiful here. Oh, there's this incredible part of my personality here. Yeah, that that voice telling me I'm way too queer was installed. Right. It's not natural. Right. I think if I, whatever, was raised in the woods or something by deer, um, I wouldn't have a voice like that, I don't think. Right. Yeah. So it was put in there somewhere by somebody and being able to see it and realize, oh, that is not me. And that's not something I even choose, never chose. Right. Was installed before I even knew it was a choice is is an empowering experience. And one thing you helped me, you helped me realize just now. So this book is beautiful. It goes to deep places, but there's also a lightness to it, which I love. And the ability to bring a lightness to mindfulness is important. Right. If so many people start mindfulness, start to see things, 
and then gather just enough information to use it against themselves. Right. <laughs> Do you know, like I date crappy people. I date mean, abusive people, right? And you see that. And then all of a sudden it becomes, oh, if only I wasn't that way. Right. Which is not what, not what we're doing, right? Or the fun thing where you... Um, find a system of meditation and then use that to beat yourself up because you're not doing it right. <laughs> the standard, you skipped yesterday because you're so selfish. How right. could you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And this, I mean, so I, I'm sort of amazed that this book, that my book got, well, just, I also love the cover so much. It makes me so Pretty. happy. Oh, um, it is a little bit of a miracle to me that this is getting published because it is also not so secretly, um, you know, deeply anti-capitalist and blaming capitalism. <laughs> Don't tell. Shush. Don't tell Simon and Schuster. Don't tell them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but one thing I keep coming back to um, and always like to bring up in these conversations is this idea of, uh, capitalism perpetuates that idea of self-loathing because capitalism benefits from it because if for a few reasons, if you're spending all your time thinking there's something wrong with you, I mean, first of all, that's a huge energy leak that you're not using to then do something beautiful and amazing with your time. Mm -hmm. And also, if you think there's something wrong with you and you're told you must do something and probably buy something to fix what is wrong with you, capitalism makes money. Amen. <laughs> and also, if you're told there's something wrong with you, you're going to want to please your boss to fix whatever is wrong with you to get that validation, that outside um you know, people could climb the corporate ladder, but it could also be as simple as you just want your boss to like you. So you work extra, you show up early, you right all the things that the capitalist system wants you to do. Well, and this is why whenever I read about the crisis in mental health among young people and teenagers right now, I, I really have to think that there's something about our system. Is that a bird on yours? Your side? It's not my side. I think it's my side. I heard a hawk or something. Yes. Uh huh. Go ahead. Yeah, I have my window open, so nature might. I'm like, I'm in downtown Los Angeles. I don't think any. I don't think there's yeah, all the eagle York, coming through my window. Upstate New York might um, might enter the conversation. Um, <laughs> um, that and cars also. Uh, wait, capitalism. Did you lose what you were going to say? Yeah. It seemed important. I was saying you might want to please your boss. Thank and then you. that sparked something in you. Yeah. Our system of education that we're set up for, you know, until we're 18, if you graduate from high school, yeah. um, is about achievement, is about saying, you know, you're the binary is quite clear. You're a good student. You're a bad student. You aced the test. You failed the test. And, you know, the pressure then put on you if you're at a place where 
you are supposed to go to a very fancy college and the expectation that you're going to get into certain colleges and you're going to do a certain particular thing with your life. And I think, you know, I love education and I love school and that's all great, but it is setting up a system of depending on outside achievement and outside a person outside of you and a system outside of you telling you whether or not you are worthy. And that is disastrous. Yes. Indoctrinating. I mean, I feel so upset about it because I just, (laughs) (laughs) yes, as you should, it doesn't have to be that way. And it's so clear to me that that's where it all gets set up in us. I mean, depending on your, what your family is like, I think it gets reinforced in your family, but you know, almost everybody goes to school and almost everybody experiences this, this brainwashing of putting all of your sense of self in a system of achievement, all of it. Yep. Yes, and a certain kind of achievement. Right. Because you could look at dancing alone in the woods as an achievement, but no, no. It's something that makes money, something that has prestige, impresses other people, on and on. When you said the words, the binary... Um, I thought you were going to go to the gender binary and, you know, how school indoctrinates kids to, for whatever else, misogyny and everything else, you know. Yep. Boys are better at this than the girls and all that sort of stuff. Right. Oh, absolutely. And the ways in which you are then, uh, yeah, just subject subject to the opinions of your peers in a way that you will never be again hopefully (laughs) I mean just in a way that's so extreme at such a vulnerable moment yes and how can if if those kids around you are given permission to take care of themselves and listen to themselves they don't need to externalize that anger I mean that goes back to like turf stuff right like if someone who is spouting that kind of hate gives themselves permission to 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 do what they need to do to follow their heart to listen to their own instincts then they're doing their own work like go home your homework is in here your homework is not in the textbook your homework is in here Oh, I'm getting riled up, Jeffrey. <laughs> your homework is not bigotry toward other people. That's not your homework. Mm-mm. It's like to take care of your own messy business. We all have a lot of messy feelings. Learn, like, go home and sort them out <laughs> and come back to me. Yeah, you realize most people are not going to, going to do that. I know this book is my like, can we all please do that? My This book is my plea for us to all do that. It's hard. That's the thing. Yeah. It's really hard work. And I think people think it shouldn't be hard. They should just be happy or they should just enjoy life. And life should be Oof. not um, be a struggle. And it maybe sometimes it is. You said it's hard work. And I think hating yourself is hard work. Yeah. Living every day with voices in your head telling you how worthless you are, that's hard work. Trying to please everybody else, that's hard work. Never having any joy in your life, that's hard work. Right. 
And yes, I, you know, I'm one to talk. I went away to a monastery and studied Zen for 20 years. <laughs> so it was not the easiest. Um, it's not like flipping a light switch. Right. But you're going to be doing something with your life. So why not do these things and explore them all? Right. And enjoy them all. And see that that hard work and that struggle is interesting and is that there's there's potential in there there's richness in there bingo you have to see yourself as worthy of doing that right doing the work and trying new things right right um yeah i mean i think also something that capitalism uh, does a around a binary of good and bad is sort of like, and this is something that I, I feel would have helped me a lot to know this when I was a little kid is no one experience is all good or bad. No one day of your life is all good or bad. Um, I mean, I was talking to my friend Aram, who's in my chapter on traditional talk therapy yeah. and, he said it was a big, a really helpful thing for him when he realized that he does not like his birthday. He feels these expectations that he should have this great time on his birthday. He should do something. He should, and that he doesn't like it. <laughs> and so if he then has that expectation, um, and I know that's also is, I think that's a Buddhist thing also, right? Of like the, the distance between our expectation and reality is what causes us pain. Attention. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I found that really interesting of, you know, right. Like society is telling you, um, have an amazing time. Oh, my baby's awake. So if you hear baby noises, she's in the other room. Society's telling you your birthday should be super fun. Is someone looking after that baby? I think she's fine. <laughs> it's probably fine. Yes, actually, an entire village is looking after her. Okay. Um, the amount of help I have had, I mean, that's a separate conversation, is remarkable. Um, but... Yeah, those like, and to say maybe on your birthday you have some fun, but maybe then you're depressed for part of it. You know, just this idea of sort of a very simple joy can exist. Joy is pure. There's no sadness in joy. Or alternatively, you know, times in my life when something very sad has happened and there's even within that there's some joy there's some happiness in that moment that to me is so helpful to say this is every moment is an entire spectrum of experience of course (laughs) and what do we get out of dividing it up into right i like i dislike right what what exactly do we get and you may discover for yourself through mindfulness that it's not worth the dividing. What you get is not worth what you, you know, the negatives that you get. What do we get? Why do we do it? What do you think we get out of dividing those things? A sense of control in an utterly chaotic world. You also get to be the center of attention and the center of the universe. Right. You 
uh, Alan Watts is a philosopher, a Buddhist philosopher, and said, to, in order to make an apple pie, you have to first create the universe. Right. So there are, you know, the first step is I am a somebody and I have an opinion about that thing. Well, how much of that? How much of that do you really need? <laughs> you know, right. you could just go have fun and dance around. Right. I am a somebody. I declare this a joyful day. You have created a non-binary work because it's not about what you like or dislike. It's not about what's good or bad. It's not about right. what's traditional versus non-traditional. It's not about what's Eastern or Western. It's right. here's a bunch of stuff. Try it. Right. Well, and that's what has worked for me. I mean, I'm also a magpie in that way. Like I like, I like trying lots of different things. You know, I like being, having lots of different tools because when one doesn't work one day, let's pick up another one. When astrology isn't giving me guidance today, when talk therapy isn't giving me guidance today, let's pick up the cards. Let's think about how our body feels. Let's, yeah, do deep breathing. Um, there was okay so to get to go pretty mystical on the situation and pretty spiritual on the situation i was reading through our um conversation that's in that's in my book and something that you said hit me oh and i didn't read your intro i was going to intro you i was going to read your bio shall i that's fine. People know who I am. <laughs> I, got too, ask me? I got too excited to talk to you that I forgot. Yeah. That I didn't do that. That's right. Um, so we were talking about the actual practice of meditation and what it can do and accomplish. And this hit me differently now than it did then and I'm trying to like hold on to what it's meaning to me right now so you said um you begin to realize that you may not be the small scared self who is hoping to impress everyone you may be the kind loving gentle wonderful energy that's ready to give that person whatever they need and making that transition is the chef's kiss of buddhism um I love that. Sounds like something I would say. So uh, there have been, so we were talking about this idea of when you meditate, you understand. I mean, I want you to talk about this. There's this self and then there's the witness self, right? Can you talk about that experience a little bit? (laughs) Yeah. Can you, teach us, can you teach us meditation and mindfulness, Jeffrey? Well, sure. I mean, I can, I can actually speak to that quite simply because the bottom line is when you sit down and you are quiet, you'll see that things you thought were solid are a lot more soupy. Right. Things you thought were real are actually cardboard cutouts of right. things you were taught about who you are. And... It's the great exploration of, of having a meditation practice of, like, who is here? Who is this? Right. I keep saying I, 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 I. 
who is that? <laughs> and that's actually, it might be scary in some aspects, but it's actually quite freeing. Right. Because you can actually witness the witness. I mean, there's something there. Once you stop that ego chatter, then what's left is, and, and I loved the way you described it for me then, which is this very compassionate, loving voice. And for you, that voice literally says, I love you to you. Indeed. Regularly. All the time. And who and to then switch from this hardcore ego identification with this self that we see as real to well I'm also I am also that witness. I'm also that loving witness. I feel like there are times in my life when that has felt viscerally true to me. And it's been a while. And I think that's why that hit me so strongly when I read it just now. Sure. Can I tell you something my teacher said at the moment? Please. Um, The handiest person to practice love on would be yourself. Right. You're right there, (laughs) 24-7. Right. So learning how to say kind things, how how to be a kind person, how to show love, and how to receive love, which is the other part of what you're hinting at right might as well practice on you well just to let yourself right to let yourself be both sides of that to let yourself be the witness and be the one being witnessed yeah and I think part of this equation that you might be hinting at so I work with people one-on-one I coach people and part of that work is always 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 getting someone far enough outside of themselves to see that they're a good person Right. Get, there are many ways to do it. I'll let you in on a secret. Like you could say like, what if your friend was having the same hard time you're having? Right. Would you tell them it's all their fault? <laughs> it's like, uh, no, that would be a bad friend thing to do, right? So how do we learn to not feel it's our fault internally when we're having a hard time? It's really, really hard i mean i wrote this <laughs> yes it is i mean can verify <laughs> <laughs> i mean i wrote a whole book about how it's hard and yeah. a whole book of advice and now i'm going back and looking at it now that it's coming out thinking oh right i gotta follow my own advice like the fact that we realize these things we realize i mean and then the tricky thing of realizing you're worthy of compassion and love in theory is one thing. And then actually doing that today is a whole second step. Cause I believe I am worthy of, of compassion and love. I believe that quite deeply. And then today when I am frustrated about something not working the way that I want it to about myself, I have to then Remind myself, right, how would I talk to a friend in this? I mean, we don't even have to go to friend. A stranger. Just right. a random person. You wouldn't berate them. Uh, uh, I wouldn't berate them. And I also wouldn't say, like, well, you tried your best and it just wasn't any good. 
You tried your best and your best stinks. It just stinks. And that's pretty much what you always do. I have to tell you another secret. (laughs) I'm not supposed to tell you. Um, I'm not supposed to tell anyone. But I'm writing a second book. Thank goodness. It's directly about that step you just identified about taking your own advice. I'm going to pretend you're writing it just for me because that is the book that... (laughs) My first book was kind of about seeing yourself and how you're a good person. Now, what do you do? What do you do next? Right. How do you begin to take your own advice and take care of yourself? Right. So, yeah, it's, it's in the air. It's what we're all struggling with and, and working toward. I'm so glad that you're doing that because I feel like that's the key thing is I do feel like there's so much. I feel really, really lucky to be in a place where I yeah where I feel like I don't have preconceived notions about what my life should look like I don't have I don't feel susceptible to anyone else's expectations Mm -hmm. and yet even then these things creep in um that are really really insidious and it's hard even to to see in the moment that you're not talking nicely to yourself because it just feels natural, unfortunately. Yes. In a Buddhist way, we might say it feels like you. Right. So comfortable that it is you, that process of feeling bad about everything. Right. I mean, I was thinking also... Well, so just thinking about the witness self and if the witness self, you said something in our conversation about the witness self being the constant, being sort of like, if that is a constant throughout your life, I'm interested, do you then think that one of the things that does for us is let the other self be messy and be in flux and be undefined sure (laughs) i I don't know if i understand the question you can't help but be messy right nobody can (laughs) okay wait can people can fake it i guess that they're not can that be the title of my next book you can't help but be messy (laughs) dot 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 nobody can nobody can (laughs) that's good I think because we're so scared, I guess because one of the things I think that capitalism wants from us is a clearly defined self that doesn't change. And also talking about social media, something social media wants, something the idea of the public, whatever public you have wants from you is a version of you that is defined and polished in whatever way it's going to be defined. Consistent consistent and there's no room in there for actual flux being a human being being human yeah that being human is about being in flux right yeah i mean we we could change we could change what we call it i suppose See, being in flux is very nice messy sort of has this connotation i guess but you know, it could be like vibrant, alive, <laughs> natural, beautiful, right? Just not 
not unpredictable, you know, not, uh, yeah, consistent. See, that's what you're good at. You're good at um, coming up with the more positive words. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've done this before. Imagine that. Yes, I yeah. that I always appreciate when you come up with the more positive words. Um, but first, we started where you are, right? Right. Which is with the word messy. Right. Which is not a bad word. And it also might be your superpower that you're messy. That you're vibrant, that you're alive. Right. That you're outside the box, that you're uncontrollable. Right. Nevertheless, she persisted. Right. Right. Well, how do we <laughs> do that? I don't know. I'm, I keep going back to that question. I mean, I hope, I hope you and I have each answered that in a couple different ways in our books and you, of course, in, your, um, in all of your videos. But I guess in the spirit of every day asking this question again, how do we give ourselves permission? I know, I know. Ooh. Okay, Ooh. Jeffrey, calling you. Um, if there was one thing I could change for everybody, if I could just somehow like take a screwdriver and just reach right in the brain, it's that we're on some sort of trajectory. Right. I would want to take that notion out for everybody. Your mental health and whatever that learning to love yourself, whatever you want to call what we're doing, the work, you know, with a capital W that we've been saying, whatever that is, it's going to look like an EKG. It's going to be boop, 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 right. You know, for many people, it goes in an arc in a certain direction, but that's about all we can hope for. You know, and there are times in life when just so much is happening to you that you're, you know, a pandemic, political unrest, Anyway, um, there could be a lot happening for people, and uh, it's not easy then to just wake up and do self-care, you know? It's going to go back and forth and, and in and out for people, and that's what I want, would want everyone to know. Lower your standards, I would say. Well, and we are not so comfortable with stories that are um, cyclical and stories that don't have a nice beginning, middle, and end. Hero's journey. Yeah, we want that hero's journey thing. And for me, I'm like, can we keep the part of the hero's journey where you are secretly a chosen one with special powers and get rid of the part where there's a clear beginning, middle, and end? Get rid of, like, the denouement where you, like, return back to the village and you're totally changed forever, right? Yeah. Right. And an idea that, I mean, I'm really, I talk in my chapter on career a lot about um, reality competition shows and how I think that they are, are reflecting our ideas about how life and career should work, but also are reinforcing them. Sure. That there's a winner, there are losers. The winner has this very clear trajectory um, also seems to say, I gave up everything to come here a lot. And if I win this, it will justify every choice I've ever made. And it just, not only does that not reflect reality, but it doesn't even reflect the experience of the person speaking. Right. It's all a lie, in other words. 
Yeah. Because best case scenario, they win the show, which then leads to a very complicated career of ups and downs. There's no... Correct. <laughs> Happy times and sad times. Yep. Yeah. There is no end story of, you know, I climbed the mountain, I stand on top of the mountain, you know, celebrating, and then what, I die? Like that, and that's the end? No, we have very complicated lives, exactly as you say. It's an EKG. Yes, and I love the the lightness of your book. Again, because another hole we can dig ourselves into is this should be going better than it is, right? Why did I ever start the self-care stuff? Why did I ever look at this spiritual stuff? I was so much better off before, et cetera, et cetera, because it's not delivering that mountaintop moment within two weeks. Right, Well, and that's a capitalist expectation, and that's the way in which self-care gets co-opted by capitalism. I tell people all the time they're not going to get their money's worth with my book. Sorry, because it's not going to fix anything. If that's what you bought it for, you're, yes, SOL. Well, because nothing needs to be fixed. You're perfect how you are. You don't need to be fixed. You don't need to be fixed. And being told that you need to fix something is taking away what is best about you. (laughs) And to your point, it makes a lot of people a lot of money when you try to fix everything about yourself. I mean, that's the thing for me and where this all gets so complicated because, you know, um, maybe yoga is helpful for your body. You want to do yoga, but then sign up for this specific kind of yoga and pay thousands and thousands of dollars to wear these yoga clothes and be this kind of yoga person and have an expectation about what you should and should not be able to do. And that even in those very well-intentioned self-care worlds, it, can get so misguided so quickly and so capitalist because it's capitalist and because then you're no longer I mean that's what used to always happen to me is that you know the reason I'm sharing these tools is because these are all tools that worked for me honestly they're mostly tools you can do alone except for talk therapy And I think there's something there for me, this might not be true for everyone, about the privacy of that. Right. Because I would go to a yoga class and get very upset about not being able to do what I thought I should be able to do, what everyone else in the room was able to do. And then there was no room for me to let in help because I was so caught up in the narrative of, well, I'm, fail- I'm failing at self-care. Yes. And then things get worse. Right. So nobody expects that you will start self-care and it will get worse for a while. It doesn't have to, but it happens to a lot of people. Right. So then what do we do? We just have patience? How? <laughs> no, don't have patience. Right. Um, yeah, have patience. Know that it's part of the process. You know, anybody that can hear me now, if you're in that exact spot, what you're always learning to do is be kinder to yourself. Right. So come right on back to that one every single time. Right. Well, and just to give a shout out to um, 
my witches for Halloween, happy Halloween, happy Samhain witches, that one of the reasons I identify as a witch is because I think, to me, it means the hardness and the darkness and the difficulty has acknowledging it as having value rather than pushing it to the side. Yes. And letting the dark and the light have both play a role in, in, and not just play a role, both have value, both be important. The, yeah, we got to get out of the binaries. Always. We got to get out of the binaries. Well, um, as I said, I could talk to you forever, but I, I don't want to keep. Is that your wrap-up voice? This is our conclusion. I mean, I don't I had want a great to. time. I don't want to. <laughs> it's almost four. I feel like if I keep you past an hour, I'm just being selfish at that point. Oh, well, you also have a baby that you need to hug. <laughs> oh yeah. Shoot. Oh, I was gonna pull cards. That's our wrap up. Okay. Yes, I will go back to my baby who is with her other mom and her grandma. So she is well taken care of. Um, I'm going to pull up. So this is my favorite uh, Oracle deck. It's called the Vessel Oracle deck. Pretty. And it's so pretty and really beautifully illustrated. And I'm just going to pull a couple of cards for you and for me and for anyone who's watching right now and listening right now or listening later we'll see what we get on for a little halloween card poll okay <laughs> okay well that seems clear we got freedom and connect well, we did both today, didn't we? <laughs> I love that. They're such cute cards. They're so, so cute. These are gorgeous. The, I don't... The um, person who makes them, their company is called Spirit Speak. I don't remember her name, but they're really like... This is such a fun deck. Um, and yeah, Freedom and Connect. Freedom and, and Connect. That to me just feels like it really sums it up. That was our whole live today. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey, let me hold your book up one more time. How to Be You is Jeffrey's book that you must have on your shelf, please. This is my book, Luminary, which comes out on November 8th. Thank you. And uh, has more of a conversation with between me and Jeffrey in it um, with a bunch of other cool people talking about astrology and tarot and energy work and then really practical things like careers and bodies and fun things like creativity um so yeah it's always such a joy it helps me to talk to you <laughs> like i feel calmer now thank you yay Take good care, hug a baby, um, have freedom, and connect. Have freedom and connect. Okay. Mwah. Great. It was my pleasure. Bye. Thank you so much, Jeffrey. Bye. Bye, guys.
Hey, this is Kate Skelsa. Thanks so much for listening to our conversation. If you want to know more, check out my website, kateskelsa.com. So hard on the